Welcome to the Kate Languages podcast. I'm your host, Kate Clifton. I'm a former MFL teacher who left the classroom in 2017 to set off on my own adventure. Since then, I've developed my passion for helping teachers through creating time-saving teaching resources, delivering language lessons and CPD to languages teachers, and of course, through this podcast. I've had some wonderful feedback from teachers about how my work is helping them with their everyday teaching, and I love connecting with teachers from all over the world. To get in touch, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook. I'm at Kate Languages on both, or you can email me through my website, katelanguages.co.uk. But for now, grab a cuppa, although maybe not if you're listening in the car. Sit back, relax, and enjoy another episode of the Kate Languages podcast. Hi, how are you? Welcome to season five of the Kate Languages podcast. It's September 2023, the start of a brand new academic year. Hope you're doing okay. Hope you're settling into the new year really, really well. If you've got a new job or a new role, congratulations. I hope it's all going okay. I remember I always used to find September in equal parts exciting and incredibly nerve wracking and going back into either going back into the same school or starting in a new school and just thinking, do I even know how to be a teacher anymore? (laughs) But usually it's absolutely fine and you kind of get back into the swing of things. So yeah, I hope you're settling in well to the new academic year. This first episode of this season of the podcast, as always, is a Q&A episode and I've got a few questions that I'm going to be answering that actually came from a feedback questionnaire that I sent out to my email list a few months ago and I got some really fantastic feedback and some really, really interesting questions. I just thought this would be a really great opportunity to answer some of those questions. So they're coming up in a moment. But before that, I just wanted to give a bit of an update about what's going on with me, what's going on over here at Kate Languages HQ, aka my house. And yeah, just a general update and letting you know how I'm getting on. The first thing you might have noticed, my first update, if you've listened to this podcast from the beginning, that the sound quality is maybe a little bit better than it used to be. It was all sounding a little bit more professional. That is because I have got the very fabulous Joe Dale as my new podcast editor and producer. I've invested in a lovely microphone and he is producing the podcast. So I'm hoping, I'm confident that it's going to sound absolutely brilliant. So thanks so much, Joe, for doing that. And uh, yeah, let me know if you can actually hear a difference. I think I can already, but yeah, let me know what you think. Yeah, so one of the biggest changes in terms of the life of Kate Languages <laughs> for this academic year is that I'm not teaching evening classes anymore. So I made a decision last academic year to stop doing the evening classes. I was teaching, so I was just doing the French and German and Erica Sanchez was doing the Spanish evening classes for MFL teachers. So I was doing two or three evenings a week teaching French and German to languages teachers and I yes it's kind of it's kind of difficult and actually I'm, I'm doing a, a whole episode on life as a teacher when you have a young family so I think we're going to get into this in quite a lot of detail and it's a funny thing like when you have one child like I do or more children 
that you go through different phases and I have found it a bit weird that it was kind of easier when he when my son was a baby um, and as he's getting older and he's now well he was at nursery he's now going he's now in preschool this academic year which means he'll be starting reception next year which is also crazy uh yeah that goes too fast anyway <laughs> I've lost my train of thought just thinking about how old my child's getting yeah so as he gets older things are just changing and I need to change with it. So he's at preschool three days a week. That's when I want to do my work and not in the evenings anymore. So it was a difficult decision to make, but I decided I can't do these evening classes anymore. Erica, who is Spanish and Umbrellas, who lots of you probably already know, is continuing with the evening classes. She's got some other tutors in to help her with those. And she's still offering French, German and Spanish. So she's going to be doing those. And I'm doing language lessons for MFL teachers, one-to-one, but during the day. So during the teaching day or straight after school. So that kind of 3 to 5 p.m. kind of time if teachers are needing language lessons after school. So if you are finding yourself teaching a language that you don't know at all or that you need some help with, then this is what I'm offering. What is absolutely amazing as well over the summer holidays, I put a post out on Facebook, well on social media in general, but I shared on Secondary MFL Matters on Facebook and just saying that I'm fully booked for September, but I've got more interest. I've got more inquiries coming in than I can actually teach. And yeah, and just asking, you know, is anyone interested in joining my team? I want to build a team of tutors who are really qualified, really experienced, fantastic teachers who want to join me teaching languages to MFL teachers. I got over 150 responses. I mean, it sounds ridiculous when I say, oh, I didn't think anybody would reply. Like I honestly thought I'd maybe get four or five, but I didn't. I got over 150 responses. So I got email addresses. No, I got more than that, but I got email addresses from over 150 people. So I sent out an email to them. I held a Zoom call, about 35, 40 odd people joined. And from that, I had I had about 40 or 50 CVs as well. There were a few people who sent me their CV who couldn't run the Zoom call, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, so yeah, so I've been working through all these CVs and uh, getting to know some incredible people over the summer. And it means that I'm now building my team and I've got a few people on my books who are either native speakers or have a really, really high level of the language and a few of them have actually been in a similar situation as the teachers who we're teaching so they've actually had to learn the language alongside the kids or kind of one step ahead of the kids so that's absolutely fantastic because they really really understand the pressures and the difficulties so they're absolutely amazing and yeah getting more and more inquiries from people all the time wanting language lessons So as I say, this is for MFL teachers finding themselves teaching a language that they don't really speak or they just want to feel more confident in. So moving up from teaching Key Stage 3 to Key Stage 4, for example, if you've never taught a GCSE in 
Spanish, for example. You just want to improve your Spanish up to that level to be able to teach it to GCSE. That's the kind of thing I'm offering. And as I say, it's one-to-one during the school day or immediately after school. A few people who have signed up already are part-time teachers and they're actually having their lessons on their days off. The best thing that now I've got a team, I can offer more than just Monday, Tuesday and Thursday, which is what I was offering because that was just me on my own. And also this after school slot that I can't do that because that's when I have to pick up my son from preschool. But that sort of 3pm to 5pm straight after school slot, lots of the, the people who are on my team are actually able to offer that slot as well. So anyway, if you're interested in that, get in touch, kate at katelanguages.co.uk and we'll figure it out and I'll match you up with one of my team who, like I say, they're all absolutely amazing, really, really experienced and I'm so excited to be working with them. So yeah, so that's the biggest change for me for this academic year, for sure. Other things are kind of staying the I mean, staying the same. I'm doing new things. I'm doing lots of things like webinars, keynote presentations, CPD training, a lot of that kind of stuff. And I'm really, really excited about doing more and more of that kind of stuff over the coming year. I'm kicking off my own CPD workshop sessions with one on the 23rd of September about the new GCSE. So I am reading and reading and reading and reading and looking at the new specifications for edxl aqa and educas and i'm basically putting together a two-hour workshop to talk about the new gcse what it entails how it's different from the current gcse how the exams will kind of be the same but also what differences there are I'm going to be talking about the prescribed vocabulary lists how they differ between different exam boards This is mainly going to be looking at French because that's the most information we have, but it's totally relevant for German and Spanish as well. So if you're interested in that, just head over to my website, katelanguages.co.uk, sign up. That's on the 23rd of September. So if you listen to this podcast episode when it comes out, you've got a couple of weeks to sign up and yeah, come along and join in. If you can't join in, it's recorded. So you know, you can just sign up and it's actually a series. I'm doing a two hour workshop in September and then I'm doing two further hours, one hour each spread across the rest of the academic year, just to see how people are getting on. Your needs might change over the course of the academic year. So yeah, just seeing how people are getting on. And then towards the end of the academic year, so June, 2024, we'll have our third session of like, are you ready to go? What are the final things that you need to think about? Because September, 2024, your year 10. So the children who are just starting year nine now, when they go into year 10 next year, they'll be doing the new GCSE. So it's going to come around a lot quicker <laughs> than anybody would like, I'm sure, than you'll realise. So yeah, so as I say, head over to katelanguages.co.uk, click on CPD and language lessons or language lessons and CPD and it's in there. And I've, I've got a few other live workshops over the course of the coming academic year. So yeah, I'm really, really excited about doing all those. The other thing I just wanted to talk about as well, as it's September... Um, You might have seen this on my social media. I think I talked about this last year on the podcast as well. I tend to make September resolutions. I find as somebody who works in education, September to me is like the beginning of the year, way more so than January. 
I don't know, January to me is like in the depth of winter and it's just after Christmas and blah, blah, blah. September just offers this kind of promise of a new year, a new me, blah, 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 blah. So, so every year I actually make September resolutions. Last year I made four resolutions and I've written a blog post actually about last year's resolutions and this year's resolutions. If you'd like to look at that, katelanguages.co.uk forward slash blog. So my resolutions last year were, number one, continue to get outside every day. So I do the 1000 hours outside challenge with my son and I basically track how many hours we spend outside. He gets outside every day. I don't necessarily manage to log time outside every single day. So that's something I kind of need to just keep up and keep doing. But yeah, I we love being outside very much. Secondly, it was to do one new thing each month to be more environmentally friendly. And I've written all about that on the blog post, all the different things that I've done. And again, that's just something I'm just going to keep doing. It's something I care really, really deeply about. Not necessarily something I talk about a lot because I talk about language teaching, but it's right up there with my like biggest priorities in life is the environment. Number three, Tuesday mornings are for me time and life admin. So that's an interesting one that I wanted to spend Tuesday mornings doing exercise or life admin, gardening, things like that. And I've got to say, I, yeah, so as you'll know, if you, if you listen to the podcast, or you follow me on social media, I was really, really ill over Christmas and then basically didn't work much between Christmas and Easter because I had an operation to have my gallbladder removed, et cetera, et cetera. And that kind of slipped away a little bit because I, yeah, so I wasn't working at all. And then when I started working again after Easter, I was just playing catch up from months of not being able to work. So not really been able to do that. The one thing I do, and I tend to schedule this on a Tuesday morning, is roughly once a month is I have reflexology and I love it. It's so good. I started it to help with my gallstones. Yeah, I just love it. It's so relaxing. It's like my little thing I do for myself. And the fourth resolution I set myself last year was to do more online CPD and start to do some in-person CPD. I still haven't done any in-person CPD. So if anybody would like me to come into your school and talk to your staff, talk to your department and do some training face-to-face, I would love to do that. I am actually going to do some in October with a county council. So I'm really, really looking forward to that. And that is still another focus for this academic year. My resolutions for this academic year then. So number one, I have set myself an income goal. I'm not going to talk about that right now in detail. I'll decide if I'm going to share my income goal or not. But yeah, I don't tend to do that, especially since I have my son. I'm just kind of head down, doing some work, getting on with it, doing as much as I possibly can. But I really want to get clear on how much money I want to earn as well as the type of work I want to do and focus in a lot more on that. So I have actually set myself an income goal for this academic year. My second resolution is, it's more of a personal one. I have noticed that I'm just really not fit anymore. And I've decided that I need to get a bit fitter. So I'm going to start small and I'm going to aim to move my body for at least five minutes every day in a way that gets my heart rate up and to a lot of people, that might not sound like a lot. But like I say, I am just really not very fit at the moment. And this has got nothing to do with losing weight or anything like that at all. That's not really of interest to me. 
what I want is to be able to play with my kid and I feel like I can't run around the garden and jump up and down and do fun stuff with him because I'm just not feeling fit enough. So, yep, that's a big goal. And in terms of my kid as well, my third resolution, and I had this a couple of years ago and it's one that I just need to keep doing, is I need to get off my phone when I'm with him. I find myself on my phone too much when I'm playing with him and I just need to stop it. And I know I, I'm noticing that he really doesn't like it. And he's like, mummy, put your phone down. And that's just the worst thing to hear. So being more present with him and getting off my phone when I'm spending time with him. So I'd love to know if you set yourself any September resolutions, or if you're listening to this and thinking that's a really good idea, uh, let me know what are the things that you're planning to do this academic year. Okay, on to the questions then for my Q&A episode. The first question was about teacher resilience. And again, like I say, came from this questionnaire. And the question was, how can you be more resilient as a teacher? How can you feel good enough? And I just thought this is such an interesting one to start with. I did actually talk about this in my episode, which I re-released over the summer as well, which is about five tips to save time. Now, you might not think that those two are related, but the thing I was talking about there and the thing that I'll say here is good is good enough that you don't have to be a perfectionist. You don't have to make every single PowerPoint slide look absolutely amazing and professional and perfect and Instagram worthy. And your classroom doesn't have to be Instagram perfect, but it is really, really difficult. Like I say, partly because of Instagram and other kinds of social media where you're comparing yourself to teachers, not only in your own school, but all around the world. And that is really, really hard. So just try not to do that. Everybody is different. Everybody has different standards. Everybody has different abilities. You know, I'm never going to be able to make my classroom look <laughs> like some of those on Instagram. And frankly, I don't think I would have wanted to spend the time and effort doing so. But it is really, really difficult. And I've talked about this a little bit. I talked about my own burnout uh, right back in season one. It's one of the first episodes I did, actually. And I struggled with this quite a lot. And I think I never felt good enough, even when I was, you know, back in those days. I really hope this doesn't happen anymore. But back in those days, people would come in and observe you and give you a grading, you know, an Ofsted style grading. And I was regularly graded outstanding in the last school that I worked at in the first couple of schools I worked at I wasn't considered to be outstanding and you know it takes time you can't be perfect or brilliant right from the beginning I guess and yeah so I, I felt like I wasn't good enough I really struggled with classroom management and in general, I just, yeah, I just found it really tough and I think I needed validation and then I wasn't getting it because like I said, I wasn't getting like outstanding lesson observations and things like that. And I think it's taken me a long time and probably age as much as anything, like the difference, it's the difference between being in your twenties and being in your forties, I'm afraid, of just realizing that whatever you do and I think if you care, you are good enough. If you actually sit and reflect and think about what you have been teaching and that you want to get better, you are already good enough because you care enough to try and keep improving, if that makes sense. Another thing I just wanted to say on this question as well about resilience 
I don't think I was very resilient because I stopped because I I got to a point, as I've talked about in my teacher wellbeing and burnout episode, I got to a point where I literally could not get in my car. I was having anxiety attacks, panic attacks, and I couldn't get up and get in my car in the morning. And I just thought, I'm not very resilient. I should be able to do this. And as part of my recovery kind of thing from from this burnout, I did actually have counselling. I was actually really lucky to get NHS counselling at that point. And my counsellor said something to me about how resilient I was. And I was like, I'm not, I'm really not resilient. Like, look at me. And she said, a lot of people wouldn't have got anywhere, like anywhere close to where you got to. Like you kept going and you kept pulling yourself back up again. And, you know, you kept going and you kept going. And I just thought, yeah. And I think that is really characteristic of teachers as well. I think the vast majority of people who work in education are extremely resilient and you think you're not but it's because it is a really difficult job it is exhausting it is emotionally exhausting it's physically exhausting yes fine you get the holidays and you feel a bit better for like a week or two after the holidays but it's a really difficult job and if you are getting up and going into work every single day or even if like I did you get to a point where you go I can't do this anymore it doesn't mean that you're not resilient So for the person who asked that question, I'm sure you are way more resilient than you think you are. And you are definitely good enough. You're probably much better than good enough. So I hope that's helped a little bit. On a slightly lighter note, another question was about reading as a teacher to keep your language fresh. So what kind of things do I read and what kind of things do I recommend to read to keep your language fresh? Interestingly, a few years ago, I set up an MFL virtual book club as a Facebook group and it's still going. I have stepped back from running it. A lovely woman called Elaine runs it now. Every couple of months, we alternate between a French, German and Spanish book. So we choose a different book and everybody in the group is told what the book is and has the opportunity to read it. And then we have a chat about that book. So that's one thing I would recommend to keep reading, to keep your language fresh. Just look for MFL Virtual Book Club on Facebook and ask to join. Please answer the questions because otherwise we won't let you into the group. And yeah, so I love doing that. I mean, it's not reading, but I do like watching things on Netflix and things like that. (laughs) Again, I have got an episode on tips for improving your language and maintaining your language as an MFL teacher. So I won't go over all those tips again. In terms of reading nonfiction, so like newspapers and things like that, personally, I find it quite hard. I find something like Le Monde is pretty dry and I don't know enough about French politics or you know who all the people are so I don't really understand it but finding something that you're interested in so as I said I'm quite passionate about the environment so I'm probably more likely to read articles about the environment in French or German or Spanish than politics articles as I say because I don't know the people so think about what you're interested in and find either a non-fiction book or a newspaper or a magazine I have a Kindle Unlimited subscription and you get online magazines through that subscription. So I've tried to look a little bit for foreign language magazines and Apple News as well. I really struggle to find foreign language magazines and newspapers through those, but there's probably a way of doing it. 
I would love to know if anybody's found a way of doing that because I would really, really love to read magazines and newspapers in the foreign language on my iPad. That would be the absolute ideal. So yeah, but I think it is a really great thing to do for sure, to read, to keep your language fresh. So hopefully that's a few useful tips there. And on that note as well, somebody asked about how to find authentic texts for teaching. So authentic texts for yourself to read as well, but also authentic texts for teaching. I did a webinar about this a couple of years ago and I wrote a blog post that is on my website. I'll put a link to the blog post in the show notes of this episode about authentic texts for A-level teaching, but I have also used these with students of like lower language level than A-level, even key stage three. So my absolute favourite websites, my go-to websites, and anybody who has been on my more advanced evening classes will know these because I use them all the time. For French is un jour une actu. So un jour une actu. So it's a number one jour, number one actu.com, I think it is, or .fr, which is a like a, a newspaper magazine-y kind of thing for children and they've got loads of gorgeous videos on there which I think you can use I think you could use them with key stage three a good key stage three class definitely key stage four and they've got loads of really interesting topics definitely all the topics for a level are available on that website and yeah I absolutely love it and a German kind of equivalent is through ZDF which is one of the German tv channels their daily news show for children is called Logo Nachrichten. So L-O-G-O, Logo. And there are, again, lots of videos, lots of articles, lots of current affairs, things explained in a simple way, but using authentic language for children. On my blog post, I do have some Spanish websites. I check them all out and I'm going to say I don't think any of them are as good as Angel Runeck 2 or Logo Nachrichten. I just don't think there's anything that I have found so far out there in Spanish that's as good. So if you have found something that is as good as Angel Runeck 2 or Logo Nachrichten, please let me know because I would really, really love to be able to recommend it to people. But yeah, so they are my go-to for authentic texts for sure. And of course, you can always use things like poems, just short poems. For German in particular, you can use little fairy tales, although be aware the language is a bit old and they tend to use the imperfect, which you don't tend to teach as much. But there's no reason why you can't either adapt them or just, you know, teach them a little bit of the imperfect and then, yeah, and then they can access these. So there are loads of possibilities for using authentic texts in languages teaching. If this is something that you're interested in and you'd like me to talk more, let me know. And I can do a whole podcast episode on this because I, yeah, I've got lots, lots of ideas. Like I say, have a look at my blog post and um, yeah, maybe I'll do a whole, whole episode on this because it is really, really interesting. The idea of using authentic texts for sure. The last question I wanted to answer is about how do you differentiate with a class that is completely mixed ability when you have target grades from one to nine. Again, this could be a whole podcast episode, but my top tips for this, I always say teach to the top 
and scaffold below. In this case, if you're teaching up to grade nine, I think the people whose target grades are grades one and two are going to be completely lost. So I would say aim to teach for grades kind of five to six. So target your teaching to that because that's right at the top end of the foundation, the overlap with higher as well scaffold everything you do for those with target grades one to two or three four but don't don't think they can't access the work because chances are they can access the work they just need some more support doing so and by scaffolding I mean things like giving them the answers but in the wrong order so they just have to match up the answers so a lot of things where they have to match things up A gap fill instead of writing out a full sentence, for example, a writing frame where there are gaps and they just fill in the gaps with something that's, you know, to make it a little bit different. That type of thing for scaffolding and then extending to the top. So I would not create three different lessons, you know, three different lesson plans for every single lesson that you're doing. It is just physically impossible. You will be exhausted so don't do that focus on the middle to top end and if you've got kids right up to grade eight and grade nine chances are yes you're gonna have to give them slightly different work but everything you do needs to have an extension task so you're either translating for example you are adding different tenses They can transpose what they are doing from, say, if it's in the first person singular into the third person singular, things like that. I'm actually running a two hour CPD workshop on effective extension tasks. So stretching and challenging the most able effective extension tasks on the 16th of March. So if you want more of my ideas and you want to know more about how to extend for the top end in a class like this in particular then sign up for that it's on my website katelanguages.co.uk as everything else is uh yeah and i'll be talking through more ideas of extension tasks and, and things that you can do to stretch and challenge that kind of top end of a class particularly when you've got a mixability class like this but yeah yeah like i say my, my absolute top tip is to focus on you know, doing one lesson, not three different lessons for different ability levels until you get closer to the GCSE. And then you might need to separate them and actually be doing a foundation and a a higher lesson and using scaffolding techniques and extension tasks to help children at the top and the bottom end of the target grade levels to access the lesson. If you want to know more about what my ideas for that kind of thing are as well. I'm going to be doing a podcast episode for this season on exploiting one text. I am doing a Linguascope webinar about exploiting one text. And I'm also also going to be talking about it at the language show in November. And I'm also doing my own two hour live workshop about exploiting one text on the 3rd of February, 2024. So exploiting one text is the 3rd of February, 2024. And the effective extension tasks is on the 16th of March 2024 if you want to do my GCSE CPD workshops plus those ones I would highly recommend just signing up for the whole bundle for the whole year you basically get what there's an there's one more that I'm doing as well group dynamics in the languages classroom 
and you'll basically get one of those for free because the bundle you save a bit of money and um yeah it works out to be pretty much one workshop for free so they're my quick answers to those questions as I say if you're interested in knowing more then let me know and I can do longer podcast episodes on any of those. If you've got any more questions, every season I kick off with a Q&A episode. So let me know what your questions are. I'm at Kate Languages on Facebook and Instagram. I'm Kate Clifton on LinkedIn. Or you can email me through my website, katelanguages.co.uk. So until next week, when I will be talking to the brilliant Joe Dale, as I said, he is now my podcast editor and producer, and I'll be talking to him next week about all things AI and chat GPT. So looking forward to that one. I will see you in a week. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Kate Languages podcast. If you did, please think about leaving me a five star review. And you can also tag me on social media to let me know you've been listening and let me know your thoughts on the episode. Also, don't forget to subscribe so the next episode of the Kate Languages podcast can be delivered straight to your device as soon as it's released. But until then, auf Wiedersehen, au revoir, adios, bye.